Chapter 34 Tracking Me, Asshole? Beth watched Charles and Chastity drive away and dial Draper. Another complication, she said. I've got what I think is an operative, a girl with me. What are you talking about? Draper asked. She was following Luke Glasser, and I couldn't take a chance. She was with him in the office when I broke in, she said. Who's she working for? Draper asked. No clue. Yet, Beth said. Did she see you? I don't know, but I couldn't take that risk. I'm sure she had Luke under surveillance. I'll find out what she knows and who she's working with soon, Beth said. Draper considered this and said, Look, I trust your judgment. If you needed to take her, then I'm sure that was probably the right thing. We've got a bigger problem, potentially. Luke Glasser and one of his co-workers visited Richard Long this evening. What are you talking about? she asked incredulously. Mr. Long is dead, as is a member of his security detail, Draper replied. Luke killed him? she asked, shocked at the thought. No, Magnus's team eliminated Richard Long, hopefully before he could say anything. Luke had called Long, and Magnus took the opportunity to use him as bait, frame him for murdering Long. Beth considered this while twisting her hair. That's a fucked up plan. Too many moving parts. I'm assuming that was Magnus's plan and not yours, she said. No, it certainly wasn't my plan, Draper said. It just further complicated an already fucked up situation. Luke and his accomplice made it out, but not before killing one of the operatives and tying the other guy up. We just found Magnus's security guy a few minutes ago, bound up in a bathtub with his shin broken, he said. So Luke actually did kill one of the team members, she prodded. What about blowback, the local authorities? That's taken care of. Nothing was reported, and we have the cleaning crew now, Draper said. She considered this. She'd always considered Luke to be a screw-up. Organization enforcers weren't garden-variety thugs. They had skill. If Luke was able to kill one and incapacitate the other, he may be a bigger problem than she anticipated. Her focus shifted to Richard Long, the corporate figurehead that Magnus had installed to gain approval for the Greenleaf Enterprise in the first place. Did Long know anything? she asked. Well, that's the million-dollar question, and only Magnus can answer that. He said Long was kept in the dark. But I'm not sure I believe much of what Magnus says these days. I can't imagine him coming clean if there was a leak, Draper sighed. Beth chewed her lip as she thought about this. Everything was going from bad to worse. She'd spent nearly a year of her life getting close to Jack with a simple mission of trying to find the algorithm or method that he'd been using to penetrate the Byzantine and enormous volume of stock market data to pick winners and losers. The relatively easy assignment was payback for sacrifices that she had made to the organization and to Draper himself for doing truly heinous things in shitty places all over the world for the last three years. Draper had given Magnus too much rope, and now she was dangling from it. Well, that's not fucked up, she said, in a sarcastic, upbeat tone, her usual deference to Draper taking a back seat to the problem she now faced. It is, and I'm sorry. We let projects overlap, and I didn't fully contemplate the ramifications of failure, Draper said. 
We, motherfucker? Beth thought. She collected herself and quickly went into problem-solving mode. If Luke's here, then the whole damn world probably knows by now. I'm completely burned. I'm assuming we don't have much time either. I do have a few ideas in mind on how to deal with it, but you may not like them, Beth said. Tell me, Draper replied. Magnus is a loose end. He needs to go. That whole goddamn facility needs to go too and look like an accident. As for Jack, I'll see if I can get him to talk. He's our biggest priority, still. I need to talk to Magnus and see what Richard Long really knew. But after that, Magnus is going to have a Viking funeral. Draper grunted. Huh. I've already told Magnus to shut it down. He's getting the place wired to blow. It should look like a fertilizer accident. There's also another asset of ours there as well. New girl, Magnus hired. Which one is that? Beth asked. Serena Green, from the Department of Agriculture. I told you about her a few months ago. She thought back to what Charles had said about the pretty new operative. Another Magnus protege? Just more fuel for the fire. I'm hoping you'll withhold judgment on her for the moment. She's the one that confirmed Jack was onto the virus project in the first place. She may prove useful. She'll be on an island. With Magnus gone, I'm sure she'll do anything she can to ingratiate herself with her new boss, Draper replied. And who exactly is that? Beth asked slowly. I was hoping that would be you. With the Glasser project behind you, there will be time for you to evaluate her. For the love of God, you're killing me. Now, of all times, you want me to consider training one of Magnus's lepers? She caught her breath and calmed down. I'll find out what she knows and see if too much of Magnus is rubbed off, she said. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Just make sure you get there and take care of it, Draper said. I will, but you need to make sure you get me a chopper and an exit plan. I intend to leave fast and take Jack with me, she said. Ten minutes later, she was on the road headed toward the Greenleaf factory and Magnus. Chastity would have to go, no matter what kind of shitstorm it caused with the feds, assuming she was lying, which she knew she was. She could have asked Charles to wait, made her call and ridden with him and Chastity in one car, but she couldn't trust herself not to kill him. That repulsive bastard was on her shit list, too. She glanced at the clock at her nondescript black Ford sedan. Midnight, which was late for her. With little traffic on the highway at this time of night, she made good time, going fast when she could without drawing too much attention to herself. Getting a ticket would be a problem. She exited the four-lane highway and made her way into the first of several two-lane highways that would take her to the coastal area of Lake Huron, where Greenleaf's facility was located. She slowed down nearing a lone traffic light in one of the many one-horse towns she'd have to drive through. She couldn't help but notice a sports car ahead of her, waiting alone at a traffic light. Too nice and completely out of place. Her internal alarm went off immediately. Slowing to a stop, she quickly moved into the left turn lane to get a look at the driver. Son of a bitch, she said, immediately identifying Quan, bathed in the glow of the traffic light, focused on something else as usual. She wasted no time turning left as the light turned green into a convenience store parking lot. She called Charles. 
Where are you? she asked. I'm still on Route 6. Why? he asked. You've got a tail. That's why, she said, turning out of the parking lot to follow Quan. Not possible. There's no one behind me. Not a headlight in sight, he said. Beth slowed just enough to keep Quan's taillights visible in the distance while she racked her brain and checked for other cars. They've got to have a tracking device on her, she said. There's no tracking device on her, Charles said. I searched her very well while she was unconscious on the plane. He grinned in the rear view at Chastity, who looked like she was about to barf. Beth was silent for a long moment. Start tossing shit out and see what happens, she said. What? I'm not tossing her out, he said. I didn't say toss her out, you fucking idiot. Look in the bag you brought with her things. She had a phone, car keys, and a makeup kit. See if one of those things is a tracking device, she said. Charles grabbed the bag from the passenger side floorboard and fished through it while trying to make sure he didn't run off the road. He found Chastity's car keys, rolled down the passenger side window, and threw them out. Anything? he asked Beth. No, he's not slowing down. Toss out the phone and makeup case, she said. He did as he was told, but still nothing. The only thing left in the bag is your phone, the one that Glasser gave you. But it's powered off, he said. Damn, she thought. She dumped it into the bag, knowing she wouldn't be using it. Ah, toss it too, she said immediately, cursing herself for not thinking of it earlier. Within minutes, she saw Quan's brake lights flicker as he slowed down. Motherfucker, she yelled. What? Charles asked. Nothing. Just stop where you are and circle back around. When you hear a loud fucking crash, haul ass and come pick me up. She grabbed her seatbelt and snugged it tight. Tracking me, you asshole, she muttered to herself. Not for long, she yelled as she floored the accelerator and headed straight for Quan's car parked on the side of the road.